All right, guys, you are locked on Falcons. I'm your host, Aaron Freeman. And today I am going to be answering your listener questions, as well as talking about the Falcons decision to cut James Carpenter and not to franchise tag Keanu Neal. You are locked on Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. I've been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at FalcFans.com, RIP. Still going strong on Twitter at FalcFans. And, of course, the host of this world-renowned Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Falcons will be sort of a continuation of yesterday's Twitter Tuesday, so we can call it a Twitter Wednesday, in which I'm answering the questions that you guys asked me on Twitter yesterday that I didn't get to on yesterday's episode, uh, which I recommend you go back and listening if you did not get the chance. Uh, covered a variety of topics on yesterday's episode. And today's episode, we will get into some more, including whether or not the Falcons free agent moves might tip us about what their draft plans might be possible trade value for players like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in the future, possible cornerback targets for the Falcons in free agency and what pick at the number four position would cause people to riot. But we'll get into that later on today's episode. But first let's talk about sort of the news of the day on Tuesday where the Falcons decided to release James Carpenter and decided not to tag Keanu Neal. We'll talk about some other news that happened on a day that is like Falcons adjacent. Um, but on the two moves, I guess you can call them that the Falcons did on Tuesday. Neither of them were surprised with Carpenter. He was a guy that we've discussed quite a bit in the past as being a virtual lock to get cut. And the question was just whether what the timing would be. He wasn't cut earlier when Ricardo Allen and Allen Bailey were cut. And maybe, you know, I raised previous concerns on the podcast and maybe the Falcons were waiting to cut him on March 17th because then they could designate him as a post June one cut. Um, well, that's not necessarily in the cards because they cut him uh, on Tuesday. So instead the Falcons are going to get the $4 million in cap savings immediately. And according to over the cap.com that puts the Falcons at a projected 15 and a half million dollars over this year's salary cap. So they still have a ways to go and we may see a few more cuts and some restructures certainly to clear that number over the next week. And that 15.5 million figure is based off a projected cap of $180.5 million. And we're still kind of waiting on what the exact cap is going to be. And, you know, that depends on the NFL and the NFLPA coming to an agreement. When that will be, who knows? Presumably it's going to happen within the next seven or eight days. Uh, hopefully it will happen the next, you know, two to three days. Uh, there was a report last week that the holdup was the NFLPA wanted to wait until the new TV deals get announced. And obviously this is not necessarily my wheelhouse of things, but I imagine those TV deals won't have too much impact on the NFL's earnings this year. Obviously they'll have some impact on their earnings this year, but I think that's more of a 2022 thing, but I imagine the NFL PA wants to sort of use those future earnings as a way to convince the NFL that they should elevate the cap even more than 180, 185, or maybe even 190 million or more essentially 
trying to convince the NFL that they can borrow more in from future years because they'll be able to make up for it with these sort of monster TV deals that are coming their way. So we'll see if that works. But, you know, that's part of the reason why you hear me say things like expectations for what the Falcons can do this offseason versus what they could potentially do next offseason, including trading certain players, high-profile players on the roster. If the cap rebounds in 2022, thanks to these new television deals that are coming, it makes me feel like, and and really seemingly other more plugged in experts seem more optimistic about the financial future of the NFL right now. For me personally, my main worry is that maybe we will have some unscrupulous and irresponsible governors, uh, state governors across the nation who are a little bit too complacent and uh, maybe some of these more virulent strains of COVID will maybe prevent people from having, you know, uh, may hit harder in the coming months and, and maybe we'll be stuck with closed stadiums across the NFL this year. And, but we'll just sort of have to cross that bridge when we get to it. Sort of the other big news of the day was the Falcons not uh, franchise tagging safety Keanu Neal. That was again, no surprise. The Falcons didn't have roughly the $11 million in cap space that they needed in order to tag Neal. And as I've said in the past, I'm not necessarily as convinced as other people are that re-signing Neal, even if they had the cap space, is a high priority for this new regime. Neil certainly is a good player. You guys know that if you've been listening to this podcast over the last you know four or five years, you know I, I think very highly of him. But he's really ideally suited, particularly coming off of the heels of these injuries, to be much more in a cover three heavy scheme, which is not what the Falcons seem poised to deploy under new defensive coordinator Dean Pease. If you've followed me on Twitter. Recently, you've seen me retweet some articles in recent weeks, one from Seth Galina, Pro Football Focus, another from Mark Schofield, the Touchdown Wire, talking about how sort of the split safety, the cover two, the cover four, the cover seven coverages are now sort of taking over for the cover three nowadays in the NFL. And that's spearheaded by the likes of people like Vic Fangio and, and Brandon Staley. And when you look at that, if the Falcons are sort of going to get on that train, it doesn't necessarily suit Keanu Neal. Uh, because frankly, cover two was Keanu Neal's weakest coverage last year. And, you know, I certainly think Keanu Neal still provides a ton of value for any number of teams. I just don't know if that's going to be the Falcons. You know, I don't know if, you know, I can be as optimistic about his ability to place over those deep responsibilities that you would need to have in those split safety looks. Um, you know, maybe he can get better as he gets further removed and, and recovered from his injuries. But at this point in time, I think he's much better suited to playing close to the line of scrimmage, playing in much more of those cover three base defenses. I suspect that there will be a market for him for several teams out there. The jets, the Cowboys being prominent ones. He has connections to, I mean, if he goes to the jets, he'll be rejoining his college teammates and Brian Poole and Marcus may in New York, as well as Marquand Manuel and Jeff Olberg, who are assistant coaches there. So I, I think, those are better environments for Keanu Neal to get the, the most out of his uh, career rather than Atlanta. But some other moves that happened around the NFL that I'm at least keeping my eyes on that as it relates somewhat to the Falcons is that we saw a couple of guys that did not get tagged that I'm hopeful. Let's say hopeful, you know, that the Falcons may target in free agency. That's left guard Joe Tooney from the Patriots, edge rusher Carl Lawson for the Bengals. The Saints did decide to tag free safety Marcus Williams. Uh, we can get into the whole salary cap as a lie thing, but I'll, I'll leave it there. I think you guys have heard enough from me uh, over the last couple of months about that. But 
with Williams off the market, that means Justin Simmons is also off the market. Marcus May is off the market. So that kind of leaves the top safeties as John Johnson and Anthony Harris, Johnson with the Rams and Harris with the Vikings as the Falcons potential top options to come in and play free safety for them. We talked about the safety group two weeks ago on free agent Friday. And, you know, basically the cliff notes is that Johnson is a really good, strong safety that has the ability to play for free safety in the, in the Falcon scheme and Harris role in Minnesota's defense was very reminiscent to how Dean Pease utilized Kevin Bayard at free safety in Tennessee. So I think both players would be great fits for the Falcons. Some other news was that they got a couple of cuts, Malcolm Butler, the Titans cornerback and edge rusher, Adrian Claiborne with the Browns got cut. Um, Butler obviously played for Pease in Tennessee. He's a solid corner. I'm not necessarily optimistic that the Falcons will pursue Butler, even though they have that hole at the cornerback position, just because I'm expecting Butler's price tag to be a little bit higher than what the Falcons would be willing to pay for that. But we'll get into more of that later on today's episode. Claiborne, again, I don't think Claiborne's really a good fit in Atlanta with their sort of 3-4 hybrid scheme. But, you know, we always give a shout-out to Claiborne on this podcast. We're always a big fan of Claiborne on this podcast. Tip of the cat to Adrian Claiborne. So even when he's available, we're always going to say, like, hey, man, no one's going to complain about Adrian Claiborne coming back to Atlanta as he has been the team's most consistent pass rusher since John Abraham uh, was part of was named on my all-decade team as one of the edge rushers for the Falcons uh, alongside Abraham uh, last year. So uh, shout-out to Adrian Claiborne, you know, but good chance he might wind up in Dallas with Dan Quinn. Another bit of news that was interesting to me was ex-Chicago Bears guard Kyle Long is coming back to football after re- retiring last year. Injuries sort of forced him to retire. He has had a long history of not being able to, Pun intended, no pun intended, long history of not being able to stay healthy these last couple of years in Chicago, missing over half of the Bears games from 2016 through 2019, prompting that retirement. But I think as far as a veteran stopgap that you could potentially plug into Carpenter's vacancy at that left guard position up front, I think Kyle Long does make some sense if you can sort of sign him to a one-year deal that has some incentives tied into playing time. Even though he's 32 years old, I don't think his asking price is going to be particularly high. He's well-versed in the blocking scheme, basically, from what I I understand the Bears were the only team that run more outside zone over the past few years than the Tennessee Titans were. Uh, so, you know, he played exclusively on the right side in Chicago, but I don't think making a transition to the left side would be too difficult to, for him at this point in the time of his career. Obviously, he's a stopgap at this point. He doesn't prevent you from still needing to go out there and probably get the long-term solution at the left guard position at some point in rounds two through four this year. But, you know, I, I think it at least goes – Gives you the opportunity to go into the season without having more than one unproven option on the Falcons offensive line where we already have presumptive center Matt Hennessy as sort of their unproven first year starter. And, you know, I know you can certainly blame other factors for why these two particular seasons were not great, but I, I can't help but notice that the Falcons had two first time starters on their offensive line in 2019 and 2013, which were the two worst blocking seasons that Matt Ryan's ever experienced based off of uh, certain metrics throughout his NFL career. Now, I know someone's going to well actually mean say, well, well, actually, Aaron, you know, 2008, he had Sam Baker and Harvey Dahl's first time starters, but you know, don't worry about that. That just, that doesn't fit the narrative. So we don't care about that. So that's my concern with the Falcons left guard position. I'm not as, enthusiastic about the Falcons throwing a rookie out there um, and, and having him plug 
next to Hennessy and that being a potential problem area for the Falcons up the middle. So someone like a Kyle Long or another veteran player, I think would be somebody that I think the Falcons should at least be interested in whether they actually are remains to be seen. But obviously there are some former coaches from the bears that are very familiar with what Kyle Long's skill set is here now in Atlanta. So, you know, that connection is potentially there. So uh, we will continue today's episode by getting into answering your listener questions, including sort of what potential moves in free agency and how that could sort of clue us in to the Falcons draft plans. And we'll get into that coming up on today's episode, but you know, it is March and that means March madness and bracketology. And thus it's time to find out which built bar flavor is the best this week. Built bar is unveiling their bracket for the top flavor with daily matchups between the top flavors. And you can pick yours at builtbar.com. If you don't know about built bar, it's the best tasting protein bar on the market and built bars aren't just tasty. They're healthy too. They're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein and fiber. Whether you wait to see which flavor is crown champion at the end of the month and to order that flavor, or you want to get your own mix box of 18 bars that features two of built bars, top nine flavors. All you have to do is head over to builtbar.com. Make sure you use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next flavor already this week. Peanut butter and peanut butter brownie won their matchups to my top flavors. I got my picks are German chocolate cake, white chocolate, birthday cake, caramel, brownie, lemon, almond cheesecake to close out the week. And you can vote for, for which flavors you think are the best, your preferred flavors at builtbar.com. And while you're there, make sure you use the promo code locked on 20 and you'll receive 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. So before we jump into the questions, you guys know that I have you covered on all things Atlanta Falcons, but what about the rest of sports? Well, host Peter Bukowski has you covered on the Locked On Today podcast. It's all the sports news that you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So our first question comes from Eli Price tweets at the Eli Price. He asks, how much will our moves in free agency clue us in to what we might do in the draft or will it? I think it will somewhat clue us in to the draft. I think if they go out there and get an entrenched starter at a certain position, you know, then there's probably likely that they won't you draft that position in the first two or three rounds of the draft. But, you know, if they're signing guys to sort of short term one year stopgap type of contracts, then I don't think it's going to impact their draft plans all that much. We'll just kind of play it by ear. You know, if they go out and like, for example, if they, if they go out and spend on and pay someone like Mitch Trubisky, like four or $5 million to be the backup to Matt Ryan, it probably tells us that the Falcons aren't particularly interested in drafting a quarterback in the first round, but you never know. Um, so, you know, I, I, I wouldn't try to read too much into it, but you know, we'll just have to sort of play it by ear and see what move means what, you know, like for example, you know, if they sign Jamal Williams, a running back to a one year, $3.5 million deal, I don't think it's going to preclude the Falcons from taking a running back at the top of round two, but if they went out and signed Aaron Jones to like a five year, $45 million deal or more, you know, that probably does prevent the Falcons from taking a running back that early. So, you know, a lot of it will sort of depend on the size and the, in the length of financial commitment that the Falcons make at various uh, spots, but in a best player available strategy, you know, it's not going to necessarily deter you if you already have options at that position to draft somebody. So we'll just sort of have to see how it goes. Um, Brandon Rogers at Brandon Raj on Twitter asks, what do you think of the, what do you think are the value deltas for Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are in 2021 for trades? You know, I don't, Brandon, I don't know what a value Delta is, but based off of some brief Google searching, you know, it seems like it's related to financial risks. So I don't know how that necessarily applies to these two guys, but I'm going to interpret what you're asking me is 
what would the Falcons have to get back via trade in order to exceed the value of what those players would bring on the football field? And not necessarily where it, it exceed what their trade assets exceed the value of what they bring on the football field, but you're willing to essentially take the hit on the football field for what you're getting back via the trade, where it, the the cost out you know the benefits outweigh the costs. And I think for Matt Ryan that would be two first round picks, maybe a first and a second, and for Julio it's probably a first round pick uh, when we talk about trades this year. Now I highly doubt the Falcons would get that type of value from trading either one of those guys this year, but in terms of what they could trade for those guys next year, because again, I'm pretty confident that both players will play for the Falcons in 2021. I'm not as confident that both players will play for the Falcons in 2022, but a lot will depend on what happens the rest of this uh, off season and how that unfolds. But my guess is, you know, with Matt Ryan in terms of what the Falcons could get back via trade for him next year, you know, a lot obviously depends on how well he performs in 2021. But my guess at this point in time is you're probably looking at like a first and a third round pick in terms of your target compensation for Matt Ryan. Maybe you get more than that. Maybe you get less than that, but that's probably sort of your break even point for what you're looking for. And then depending on sort of various factors, we'll determine if you can get more or less than that Uh, for Julio. You know, I think if they were to trade him to the Ravens tomorrow, they could probably get their Ravens first round pick. But other than that, I, I would be highly skeptical of any team giving up a first-round pick for Julio Jones at this point in his career. I think probably the best-case scenario for Julio Jones in a trade next year is probably a second and a fourth, second and a fifth or something like that, similar to what the Texans got for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think you're going to get much more than that at that point in time. And I, I related it to the Terrell Owens trade that never – came to be when he left San Francisco to go to Philadelphia. Originally he was supposed to be traded to the Ravens for like a second and a fifth. And he was around the same age that Julio is now. I think he was like 30, 31. And then, you know, that didn't go through shout out to Drew Rosenhaus. Um, and he wound up going to Philadelphia, but uh, yeah, like that, that would be my expectation. So Brandon, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, you know, you got you got to school me on what a value delta is uh, if you want a more appropriate answer to what you're asking. So that's what I have to say. And we got more to say on today's episode with more questions, including, you know, talking about some potential cornerback targets besides Malcolm Butler uh, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons podcast. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, NASCAR, and FCS college football are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and all the props on almost anything you can imagine because BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We got some draft questions to answer, but you know what's a better place to get your draft questions answered? That's the Locked On NFL podcast, especially on Wednesdays, where hosts Tony Wiggins and James Rapine are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk about all the top prospects in the upcoming draft. Get everything you need on Wednesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. So Adamski at Damski32, Adamski 
at Dems, Damski32. Um, what do you think of the DB room, especially specifically cornerback? Do we add a free agent? Darquez Denard coming back is obviously the move, but who are some other similar vets slash draftees that you like? Well, I really haven't watched any cornerbacks in this year's draft class. I watched Patrick Sertain and Caleb Farmley like last summer. And those are literally the three games between those two guys that I watched then was probably like all I've seen of, of this year's corner cornerback class and probably won't watch it that much between now and the draft. I might watch a couple of guys, but uh, so let's just focus on free agents. And this again, is probably not a position I have spent that much time focused on because I'm actually, you know, your guess is as good as mine in terms of what the Falcons who the Falcons may target at the cornerback position. Obviously, Darquest Denard would be an option there. Um, some other guys that I think are going to be sort of cheaper CB2 slash CB3 options for the Falcons that can be sort of stopgap options because I assume that the Falcons are going to not necessarily invest serious um, dollars into upgrading this cornerback spot because uh, I just don't know if, you know, I think plug and playing with somebody and getting a year to evaluate AJ Terrell seems to make the most sense in my eyes, but maybe the Falcons think otherwise, but some candidates for that, some free agents are, are Terrence Mitchell, Michael Davis, Desmond King, Brashad Breland, PJ Williams, Fabrian Moreau, Troy Hill, and AJ Bouye. Some of those guys do have coaching connections to the Falcons or at least front office connections to the Falcons. So we'll see if the Falcons target any of those guys, or maybe they go after someone like a Malcolm Butler. Who knows? CD three, two, two, four asks, are there any Antoine Winfield Jr. level players that will be available at pick 36? Well, again, I haven't necessarily done that much scouting for this year's draft class. Um, as what I'll say is Winfield was my top safety last year. So I'm interpreting this question as more of, is there a chance that the Falcons could wind up landing the best player at a certain position, picking at pick five, pick 35, I'm sorry, at the top of round two. And maybe again, I haven't looked that deep into this draft class. I know some people think Javante Williams, the running back out of UNC is the best running back in this class. You know, I have Najee Harris rated a little bit higher than Williams, but I think it's close enough that if someone else has Williams rated higher than Harris, then I think this more than justified. And most people were projecting Harris to go in round one, but we'll see about that. You know, it wouldn't shock me if Javante Williams winds up being the first running back off the board and Harris falls to round two. Wouldn't shock me. I wouldn't expect it, but it's certainly possible. So one of, you know, one of those two guys I think would certainly fit the bill. I, I know some people think Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson is the top running back in this draft class. And while I'm not as high on Etienne as others are, um, you know, that, that would also sort of technically fit that description of potentially getting the top running back. If the Falcons were to pull trigger on a running back at the top of round two. XL sports at XL six ten asks who can the Falcons take at four overall that will start a riot. Um, I think honestly, no matter what the Falcons do at the fourth overall pick, it's going to cause at least a portion of the fan base to cry in their Cheerios that Friday morning after night one. I think some people are going to be very unhappy if the Falcons draft a quarterback. I think some people are going to be very unhappy if the Falcons don't draft a quarterback. You know, I think some people are going to be unhappy if they take a tight end like Kyle Pitts. Some people are going to be unhappy if they take an offensive lineman. Some people are going to be unhappy if they don't draft a defensive player. Uh, or, or some people are going to be unhappy because they don't think a defensive player is worth that pick and they would reach on that pick. So we also know that a lot of people tend to get very unhappy when the Falcons draft a player that isn't mocked to them. So if, if the Falcons wind up taking a player at pick four that hasn't been consistently mocked as a top five, top 10 pick, 
you know, as we learned last year with AJ Terrell, a lot of people are going to be very unhappy about that. So, you know, if we're, if we're just, I could simply say, Oh, like, you know, if they draft Falcons drafted a, a long snapper at four, that would cause a right. Yeah, certainly. But that's not necessarily a realistic uh, one. So let's try to keep it semi plausible. I would probably say if the Falcons were to draft Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones uh, with the number four overall, that would probably be a universally unpopular pick. All right. So that would be, I guess my answer to this question. So there you guys have it um, shorter than usual, but I'm, I'm trying to, you know, keep these things under 30 minutes. So if you have any additional questions, we, I am sure I got a couple of other questions that I could potentially answer, but you know, that's possible content for tomorrow's episode as we get geared up uh, later in the week when we do a free agent Friday. And I think we're going to probably talk about the cornerbacks groups, but we might talk about the guards as well. I haven't decided yet. Right. So that's what we plan to do later this week, a free agent Friday to get you geared up for one last chance before free agency kicks off next week. And if you guys have any questions or any feedback that you want to provide me on anything I said on today's episode or anything I've said on past episodes or anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at Lockdown Falcons, on Facebook at Lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to LockdownFalcons at mail.com. Appreciate it, guys. Until then.